You're listening to the DSBC Podcast. For more information, visit us at dsbc.church. Hey, everybody, and thanks for listening. I don't know how many of you there are, uh, as one of my other friends says, to all dozen of you. Uh, I'm Jason Fisher. This is, uh, I'm with me is Caleb Campbell. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm from Heritage Church. I'm one of the pastors at Heritage Church, and Caleb's a pastor at Desert Springs Bible Church, Yeah, both in North Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to, you want to, um, well, I, first of all, Caleb. Yes. Happy Day of Ascension. Oh, thank you. Yes, I hope yes. yours is uplifting. <laughs> it, it sure is. <laughs> Uh, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Do you know what Day of Ascension is? Caleb? I have no idea. Oh, stop. <laughs> something do. about you the do. Bible? Yeah, it is. It has something to do with the Bible. It's the, it's the day where the church remembers the ascension of Christ. It's the 40 days after Easter. But you know this. And that's in the, um, the New Testament? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Go to Desert Springs Bible, everyone, where <laughs> you'll get more questions than answers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, just like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how you stay wise in everyone else's eyes is you mm. just answer people's mm. questions with questions. Yeah. Deflection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Tell me what you mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it means? Well, Caleb? you know, I've really been meditating. Let me spend some time in prayer while you tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And when you pray, how do you pray, Caleb? Quietly. <laughs> we could go on and on mm-hmm. and just, just sound amazingly wise. Yes. Like sages. Yes. Yes. We're yes. just in here. Running our fingers through our beards. <laughs> you trimmed your beard. Well, my metaphorical beard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> Thanks. So I think today we're talking about uh, kind of that second half of 2020. Is that right? Yeah. We're going to get down to business, I guess. Yeah. Here we got, we, got, uh, we got all business Caleb here. That's right. So. <laughs> I have no time to waste. No, we do. We do need to talk about this. So this is part three. I, I have an ascension party after this. <laughs> you got to get to. It's very, yeah. very uh, yeah. uplifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, it's all yeah. helium balloons Yeah, and the stuff. theme is You in let the them go up into that's, the air. <laughs> that's exactly You write prayers. This is it. Hey, yep. somebody's done this. You yeah, know I someone's done this. I guarantee Writing prayers. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at Ascension Day. You write on a piece of paper and then you attach Time it to a helium, helium balloon mm-hmm. and they get closer to Jesus yeah. when they go up in the air. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> You're going to steal that. that, aren't you? Um, we're doing that tonight. Yeah, you are. Uh, so, yeah, this is part three where Caleb and I are basically just airing our laundry <laughs> when it comes to like the events of 2020. And really what we wanted to do is, is, is just chronicle this, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we didn't have anybody older and wiser than us tell us how to lead during a pandemic and all the social and political things that were going on and still are in many ways, uh, because they'd never been through it before. Mm-hmm. And so here we are, pretending to be experts, yes. you know, uh, I actually had this thought today. This is such an aside, but like just reminding myself, I'm an expert on nothing because mm-hmm. I, I, I sometimes want to be, you know, yeah. but then that leaves me unteachable. Right. And so I just, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo just big across my arm that says, you're not an expert. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we're not experts, but we have we- thoughts. We have emotions. We have experiences. We have feelings, yeah. right? 
and experiences. That's right. So we're going to try to recount those as well as we can. So, uh, Caleb, bring us up to date on kind of where we've been just real quick. If, if you haven't listened to the first two, you'd probably want to go back and listen to the first two. Yeah. But just a, just a quick overview if you can, and then we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah, we've kind of framed this up where the first uh, episode covered the, right in the beginning of the pandemic. So March of 2020, making decisions around uh, shifting to online, uh, trying to make decisions around uh, how to pastor people in, in this digital space, this digitized space. And the second podcast, we really got into the summer of 2020, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the right after uh, Floyd was killed. Uh, and then I, I believe that we concluded that just as we were getting into the end of summer, early fall of 2020, where most of us were having conversations around regathering in person, at least here in Phoenix, yeah. uh, and talking through and thinking through, okay, what does that look like? And I think today will be good for, at least for me, uh, as I'm thinking through that season, uh, just to recount what it was like making those decisions mm. around health and safety, yeah. uh, caring for people. We knew more about the pandemic at the time, but there was a lot of contention and conflicting information. And maybe, uh, maybe today try to get up until like January 6th, which I, which in my mind is kind of a bookend on that season. Yeah. 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 All so, right. Great. Yeah. You guys were same as, uh, same as us near the end of summer, 2020 having conversations around, meeting in person again. Well, as you know, I mean, yeah, those conversations were happening, you know, uh, kind of offline for a long time yeah. uh, leading up to that. And so, gosh, that was the other hard thing too, as I'm thinking through it is like, you know, as a church staff, like we were, we were living, breathing, talking, all of these things, decisions, decisions, yeah. decisions. And, you know, the, the people in our church, because of the separation, because of, of having to quarantine and stuff, like it was really hard to stay on top of communication, mm -hmm. you know, no one in many ways, no one knew we were having those conversations and like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you know, it's that thing where you, you've put so much thought and time into it and then make a decision and forgot to bring everybody along with you yes. in that process. I remember talking to our team, we, we had really pushed into the years prior communication <laughs> you know, being a team, uh, a lead team, not just having, you know, me make the decisions and then informing everybody. Right. And I remember having a conversation just saying that very principle, like we've, there's decisions that we've got to make within, you know, minutes or hours. And so we're going to have to break some of our current habits as we're in crisis mode, as we're in triage mode, and we're yeah. going to do the best we can. Uh, but, but that was a, that was a noted shift. And I remember feeling conflicted about that. Like I really want to bring everybody in on this decision, but I need to make a decision in the next like five minutes. Yeah. I mean, even decisions like, um, like do, should the service time shift? Uh, yeah. Do we need to make this big change about an announcement or yeah. a statement about something? Cause we need to know now. Yeah. And so that I, I do think one of the values of that was just recognizing that was I was able to affirm and encourage the team and then say out loud multiple times, I know we're doing this. We're not going to do this way. We're not going to make decisions this way forever. This is a triage mode. This is crisis mode. Yeah. Coming out of that mode is, is another story. For but sure. At least then just saying those words out loud that we're leading in a crisis and we're not always going to lead this way. Yeah. I think that was important. Yeah. So do you include your staff on decisions like what you're going to wear on a Sunday? Always. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was, they they definitely, good. they let me know. Good. Uh -huh. They yeah. let me know. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I'm just trying to keep things light here a little well, bit. I appreciate Caleb. That. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we were having lots of conversations about what does it look like to get back in in person. And honestly, like that, the timeline is so fuzzy for me. Yeah, I just don't. I don't remember all the details of it. But what I do remember is then going, okay, yes, we are going to meet in person. Uh, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to, you know, I, I remember, I remember um, the headlines about a choir in choir practice. Do you remember this? Yes. This is how the whole singing in church thing caught fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there was a choir that was practicing mm. and everybody in the choir got COVID. Yeah, the super spreader choir. Y- yes, yeah. yes. And so then that's on everyone's radar. So do, I mean, conversations, not only around masks, social distancing, do we have enough, um, uh, hand sanitizer, Oh my gosh! Yeah. you know, do we, do we bathe, do we bathe in it before we spray people down? You know, like, bro, we had like a crate of it. I yeah. Think. It was oh, like, we it still, was like a homebrew. We still have gallons of it. Yeah. We had, we got the wrong stuff. It's like, it's like water. Yeah, yeah, ours too. Yeah, yeah. Water. It's not no, I think we joined you in that stupid order. <laughs> anyway. Uh, by the way, if anyone wants a case of <laughs> yeah, liquid yeah, hand sanitizer, we give, we give good price. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, then also like social distancing, mm-hmm. but also yeah, things like, do apart. we even sing? Yeah. And if we sing, does everyone wear masks? Yeah. Like all these things that were being brought up and... Dude, and also there was like, um, at a, it, there was a moment where there was, uh, like you had to register. There was a, a push by some to like, Oh my gosh. So that, right. so that if, if someone so we in knew the room, how many people were going to be there? Well, no, but so if you were in the room, you know, like for us, let's say there was, you know, 50 people in the worship gathering and one of them caught COVID within two weeks, you would inform everyone else. Yeah. And there was a push to do like yeah. registration. I remember that being a thing. Were you guys taking temperatures at the door? That was, I think... We were for our kids. I can't actually remember if we yeah. did for, for yeah. adults. Yeah, it's I remember that. Blurry was, for me. I I don't think we maybe we did with kids. Yeah, but uh, I remember the A-frame signs that we had that was like, if you're symptomatic, yeah. you know, if you have this, that, and the other thing, you know, please join us online or something. Yeah, yeah. And it changed every every few days. For that was sure. what made it more difficult. Was the advice or the input coming from different agencies would change. Sometimes it would be conflicting. Yeah. So it was really hard to, like, there was no handout. No. So Caleb, let me ask you something. Yeah. Are you a medical professional? I, in fact, am not a medical professional. Jason, are you a medical professional? Uh, not as far as I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a medical professional, but I'm, I'm obviously being a little tongue in cheek here, but we had to make these decisions yeah, about health and safety, about health and safety. Yeah. And with very little, I barely remember, you know, PE health class. (laughs) That's like my last, my last training when it comes to health and safety or any kind of first aid or anything like that. So, and, and I just wanted an excuse to use the defibrillator. (laughs) (laughs) And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was close once. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't anything serious. Yeah. I just wanted to scare Blake as he was coming in. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. We should do that Clear. after we record this. Yeah. The, the expectations, I remember feeling the weight of the expectations to make a decision in an arena or about something that I have zero expertise. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have no, I have no value to add in this conversation. So uh, let me ask you a question in yeah. situations like that. Do you, 
do you like want to like fill that role? Like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to be an expert on this. Or are you more just like, no way I'm out on this. Like yeah. I need to defer to somebody else. The second option. The second option. I yeah. did not yeah. feel at all equipped and did not want to take on that mantle. Yeah. Of, same here. Whether it was face masks or social distancing yeah. or, um, I actually wanted to just crawl on a hole in the face <laughs> position and cry. Yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. wanted it. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> just tears. Lots of tears. Oh, it's so great that we can laugh uh, about it now, but I'm not kidding. Well, you know, the Alanis Morissette album that I had was really comforting. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really helpful to me. Got me through that season. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> The, the the pain around it's the, the hand sanitizer <laughs> that you already bought. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we didn't even mention the fact we couldn't get toilet paper. Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, this is a little sad. Our Christmas card. It's like rain. <laughs> our Christmas card that year for our staff was a Christmas tree made out of toilet paper. Oh yeah. Because we had bought That's like gold. in bulk just to oh. get. Yeah. Just to get some. Yeah. I know. I know. You got these preppers talking about saving bullets and yeah, yeah, gold. Yeah. Now, man, it's toilet, toilet paper. Toilet paper is the jam. I re- do you remember the dude selling toilet paper just outside of Costco? Like, I think he went yes. in and bought them all out. Out of the back of his truck. And there was selling out of the yes. back of his truck. Yeah. Genius. Also, not okay. Free market capitalism. Yeah. Maybe. So I, I do think the that the... the the approach we took, which I thought was helpful, was we pulled medical professionals and emergency responders from our congregation, right, and and had a, a like a support team or a, 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 an advisory council. I think yeah. is what we called them. Where yeah, you guys, we had you guys did that so much better than we did. Um, well, I think we do most things better. Than yeah, well, <laughs> maybe that's probably true. But the that was helpful. But even there, right, there was. Confusion. So really? There was just no one. So even I mean, the medical professionals weren't yeah. sure. Because it's the same thing. Like, we've never done this before. Nobody. It's everybody's first pandemic. Wow. So it really came down to getting comfortable. The, the phrase we used is, we're going to make the wisest, most loving decision we can based on the information we have at the time. Yeah. Information changes, maybe our decision will change. Yeah. And we're going to aim for what, wisdom and love, and, and then that's it, and make a decision and move forward. Yeah. And so we tried to get as much wisdom as we could. Did you find that having that committee or that board with medical professionals, at least um, like when you did come out with a decision, mm. were you able to point to that? Like yeah. in, the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the church's eyes, was that like, oh, okay, well, they have this. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah did that, I think did that so. help with, yeah. with some I think it did. pushback and, and, we, and frustration? And we had, now that I'm thinking and remembering, I mean, we had uh, military, we had uh, people in education, uh, hospital um, and and like and first responders. So there was a good mix of other types of organizations that were having to make similar decisions. Yeah, and that did help. I think it gave a little more. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like oh Caleb's just making this decision based on his you know thoughts and prayers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that was helpful. And for our board, who who really felt the mantle of responsibility. You're talking about your elder board. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, we were making these uh, decisions that we felt like had health implications, legal implications. Uh, we felt like if we if we made the wrong decision, it could impact us for years to come. Yeah. And whether that was uh, decisions around uh, medical protocol, uh, safety and health, whether it was the types of um, issues that we addressed or even like financial, like the PPP loans. I remember wrestling around That's with right. that a lot. That's right. And just as a board, we just kept leaning on the people in our congregations that had, you know, expertise in that space. Or Which is so adjacent. good. I think that's, that's really good. 
that you're in, yeah, just including the church in those decisions and pivoting and, and uh, to people who have thought more about these sorts of things. Yeah. So good. Cause we're not medical professionals. No, right. Yeah. So you remember this, right? There's, there's pressure or expectation from different people within our congregation that we love, uh, some pushing strongly for masks, some pushing strongly not masks, yes. some pushing strongly for, hey, you need to say everyone needs to get vaccinated, you need to say everyone the vaccine is a hoax. I mean, there's all these pressures. How did you navigate all that, the, just those expectations and pressures that were coming at you? Yeah. Gosh, that's so, those sorts of things are so tough for me because, you know, I don't know if I've, I've shared this with you before, like in my heart of hearts, I just want everybody to get along, yep. you know, like, let's, can we just, yeah, can we just get along? And, and, uh, it was really, it was really hard for me to make the decision and then have a bunch of pushback on that decision and then try to walk people through why the decision was made all while over the phone or zoom yeah. or, or anything like that. So, um, you know, but, it, but at some point, you know, when we had to just make the decision and go with it and try to, like you guys did put some words and some terms to it, you know, um, and, and just really, I remember us just talking about just wanting to do the loving thing and trusting kind of trusting our governing authorities, which was hard to do because our governing authorities weren't even saying the same things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, it was, it was, I would never want to do it again. It was, <laughs> it was miserable. It was miserable, you know, because we weren't, I know we talked, we haven't talked about this yet, but like, do you enforce it? Yeah. You know, do you not, do you, is this a suggestion? Is this, are we checking things at the door? You know, are we not letting people in if they're not wearing a mask? or vice versa, or, you know, and, and, and then, so there's that, there's like, what do you enforce? How do you enforce it? Do you enforce, mm -hmm. or is it just a, Hey, here's what we're recommending. And you gotta be real careful with the language there. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but then also then there's this, okay. And now helping people not hate each other mm -hmm. and get along and, and still, uh, submit to one another as unto Christ. Mm -hmm. And, Man, I mean, without going into horrible detail, it was shocking to me how that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. How how often people just chose to pick a lane and then get angry at everyone else in other lanes. Mm -hmm. Did you have that same experience? What oh, was yeah. yours like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was... Um, I I remember being so confused and frustrated that the unity that I thought we had uh, was not deeper. Yeah. I mean, I was watching uh, people assume the worst of each other, people that they'd known for years, right? We, we, people who've taken communion together for years. Yeah. And there's kind of this, this quick to accuse, quick to view a suspicion, quick to mm. attack. And as a pastor... Uh, I, my heart is, Hey, let's not, let's not do that. Let's practice the fruit of the spirit and yeah. get back to the table. Of course, it's hard when we can't all agree on how we can approach the table. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, that person needs to 
wear a mask. No, I'm not going to wear a mask or that, you know, the not vaccinated, vaccinated. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and then, and then even like with, with, like with science, right. Both sides could just kind of leverage science. Right for what they wanted yeah. and, and, and were saying and doing. So it's just very confusing. It really, I mean, the whole thing knocked me off balance. Yes, me too. And yeah. Especially just the, the emotions that flared mm -hmm. and the principles that were really stood upon. And, mm -hmm. I, and I, I'm not like, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to, uh, to hear this and sound like Caleb and I are just griping about our church and our people. But I think there's this honest, at least for my heart, like there's this honest, like, I didn't know what to do with it. This was yeah. so surprising to yeah. me. And like I said, it knocked me off balance. And I, yeah, I've never felt less confident in my leadership than yeah. in that season. Yeah. And I think what hurt the most was uh, watching people that I love become enemies. Yeah. That was really yeah. painful. Yes. And I hadn't expected it. I'd seen it before, obviously like that's, that's like par for the course in pastoral ministry is that happens but to happen to such an overwhelming extent. Yeah. Um, and, and for me too, it, I mean, it was, I've told you this, like that was the worst year of my life. 2020. Yes. Same. And in, when we were, t I remember getting COVID early on. And for me, the symptoms were not so bad, but then, uh, we, uh, right there, I think it was in July, I got shingles. Yeah. Let's talk about your face. <laughs> and, and the shingles virus <laughs> infected my face Oh my gosh. and half of my face was paralyzed. It's uh, called uh, Ramsey hunt. And I, it's the, a free ride <laughs> that you just didn't take. The, so the, what I found out, I, I realized, Dude, I'm my sorry, face, go ahead. that's, that's insane. <laughs> like, I still think about that. And I remember like, hanging out with you and just being like, what is happening yeah, right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a cool eye patch though. That was You did. Cool. Well, yeah. no, that was not cool because <laughs> your eye, what was going, like, remind me what was going on with your it eye? It wouldn't shut. It wouldn't it was shut. The, the right, right side So it was just going to dry out. Yep. That right and side so of my you, face is paralyzed. You had to like duct tape your eye closed. I did. Yep. I used <laughs> medical tape at oh night my God. and then finally got a like goggle, like a monocle it's goggle a, that would seal around. For anyone wondering what that looks like, picture like a dog cone for your eye. <laughs> And that's, that's what it was. So I, I realized that my face was not working. Yeah. The, I was on a zoom call with our board and we were making the decision to regather next Sunday. Yeah. So this is on a Sunday. I'm at desert Springs. I think we had done a prayer drive through prayer. Mm -hmm. We still weren't gathering. We were doing drive up prayer and I was praying with people as they drove up. And I went in that afternoon after the zoom call to make a video and I could see myself in the monitor and I looked more intently. I'm like, oh, something was wrong with my face. And then by that night or the next day, it was completely oh paralyzed. Gosh. Yeah. I went to the, to the urgent care. The uh, doctor walks in and without even skipping a beat, he looks at me. He's like, oh, yeah, you have shingles and that's Ramsey Hunt. Your face is paralyzed because of the shingles virus. And then this was his question. And then did he walk out? <laughs> like Mic drop. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, what did he do? So then he says, uh, um, have you been under any stress lately? <laughs> And I said a little, and he, he, his, I still remember it, just thinking how ridiculous that question was. Of course, he didn't know me, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he said, yeah, the, like, your body's just completely depleted. You know, your, yes. the stress and the, 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 the COVID, your, your immune system shot. And it's gosh. reactivated this infection oh in your, my gosh. You know, your nerves. Yeah. And that's what's happening. So and then he said, uh, 
50% of people uh, get a full recovery. Oh, dude, that's and I was like, not fun. No numbers. That's you're then, basically you're flipping a coin. Yeah. And like, then he said of the other 50. Yeah. It's anywhere from like 90 percent to like zero recovery. So it's like oh you're going to have gosh. something. So I, I'm about 90 percent. So I still have numbness in my cheek. My right eye will involuntarily close when I yawn. But other than that, <laughs> I, it's, it's great. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad for it. Yeah, and I've known still, others who that's that's, that's intense. I've known others who that. They, they didn't have a recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, I re, my first sermon, yeah. my first three sermons back to Desert Springs, back yeah. at Desert Springs, li, like live and in person, were, was with a paralyzed face. And the first, I remember this now, the first uh, sermon, we, we, we had decided already months in advance, it was, I think, what was the psalm? It opens with uh, your... You have paralyzed my, my face. No, 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 no. Very similar though. Yeah. It was... Um, uh, your praise will always be on my lips. Oh, wow. And I remember being so angry at God, like this, that yeah. you're going to, my this, lips don't work. Yeah. Drool is on my lips. Dude, I was drooling during yeah. the sermon. Yeah. I had to use my fingers to move my lips to make a P and a B sound. Oh my gosh. And at Desert Springs Bible, if anyone from there is listening right now, you did this to your pastor. <laughs> this, this was, you paralyzed your pastor's no, face. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, well, maybe, but uh, <laughs> it, it, for me, it was it was extremely uh, it was horrifying because yeah. I, I yeah. remember thinking there's like one part of my body I need to do my job, yeah, you know, and and it's not working right, yeah. and and just the, the that just fear, like compounds oh things though. Gosh, even if yeah. even if it was totally unrelated to all the stress that you were undergoing like that, like you add that kind of like a, yeah. a physical ailment yeah. onto things and it's yeah. just, that's hard. Yeah. So we were, we were navigating that, mm -hmm. that regathering season. And then of course, you know, it ended up, we, we started regathering mm -hmm. and then it's, uh, right in the throes of the election cycle. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about that? Like kind of like those weeks <clears> after <throat> regathering, Oh, I don't know. It's all a blur. I think it just was weird, you know, with just trying to sort through masks and, and all of that stuff and mm -hmm. kind of the, uh, but you know, it was just, it's like waves crashing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of, if you look back on 2020, it just feels like yeah. waves crashing. Yeah. And the next wave that comes is, is this, the, all the, it's the uh, election. Mm -hmm. And if masks didn't polarize people, if uh, racial reconciliation didn't polarize people, you know, all the things, uh, then now it's politics. Yeah. It was already rearing its head, obviously, with yeah. all of the other things. But now it just, that was, that was in the forefront. And um, of course, of course, politics was leveraging what was happening with COVID and all of that stuff mm -hmm. on both sides. But um, yeah, so that, that hits. And I've got to be honest, <clears throat> I have never been that interested in politics. And I think admittedly to a fault, uh, particularly as a pastor, as someone who is at the very least some sort of a community leader, you know, I, I, I realized in a, like the hard lesson I learned was we need, we need at least disciple our people, certainly not unto any one political party. Um, that was very clear is like, Hey, you know what? Jesus, uh, Jesus transcends all of that. Uh, our, we, we belong to Christ. We are, he is our King, not Biden, not Trump, not a political party. 
but for me, like that was a hard lesson in, you know, needing to, to disciple people when it comes around to different elections and political seasons and stuff. Um, if not, if, at the very least, to just, hey, let's remember, let's remember that it's, it's Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so that one, again, it hit me. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you're surfing or, or uh, boogie boarding or something, and you, know, and you, just, you just manage to get over one wave, and then there's a bigger one that's coming, and you, you stand up and turn around, and it's, it owns you. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. The, that election season was, it, at that point in time, at least for me, it was just, I was numb, you know, and it's just like, is this, I remember feeling like, is this ever going to be over? Is this ever going to end? And I do remember getting into Christmas time and kind of that December we were making, we, we did a outdoor Christmas service. Yeah. So did we, we stole you. Yeah. We stole your idea. And it was fun. Yeah. It was lots of fun. I remember yeah. feeling happy, you know, good, kind of like, okay, this is moving forward. There was still in the political realm, there was still this conversation around like the, the, the stolen election yes. and the, kind of these, this undercurrent of there's going to come a day where, um, you know, this is all going to get fixed. And, and that day is January 6th or, or I think that's what it was. It yeah. Was, it was some day. Yeah. I think it was January 6th and there's this undercurrent, but I kind of remember feeling like, you know, okay, we're this kind of behind us now. Yeah. So you've got that happening at Christmas and then you've got the numbers for COVID start spiking again. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay, here we go again. But I, I remember feeling more confident and like we picked our lane, we're going to stay consistent and let's go. And then when January 6th happened, uh, I remember personally feeling a great deal of fear Mm -hmm. uh, as an American, as, uh, just as a citizen, like this is really, really, I've never seen anything like this in my life yeah. here. Yeah. I've seen it on TV in other countries, but never here. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah, for sure. And that's a, that's a weird thing too, is like when you see things like that, because we're so used to watching violence and things on movies and mm-hmm. stuff, there's this moment you have where you're watching and you're like, is this even real? Right. Yeah. It, is this? That's right. Yeah. It and then, and then surreal. Buffalo guy, you know, comes on the screen. You're like, is this real? Yeah. Yeah, the shaman. What, what was? Yeah, it? I don't know. The, the buffalo. Shaman. But it just it just was. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm making slight. I, I don't mean to make light of it. It just was very surreal. Yeah. Well, and some of the I, I do remember seeing some of the images, <clears throat> and then as a Jesus follower, being horrified. Like I, I saw signs like Jesus saves, right next to a uh, like a noose. Yeah. And yeah. Thinking. Okay. This is. Yeah, is wrong here. This yeah, thing. that's where I like. For me, that was a, that that was probably the easiest uh, decision or like um, side, if you will, mm. to take mm. out of everything that we've talked about up until this point. Yeah, was like, no, you know what? Like this Jesus, Jesus' name does not belong in this. Yeah, good. And I remember taking that that line that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was like a really easy decision for mm-hmm. me because. Yeah. We're as Christians, we're to witness to the, to Jesus and to His kingdom yeah. uh, with our actions, with our words, yeah, and to be waving a banner like that over something, uh, over over something like that, that uh, violence, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, just yeah. I mean, I, I was I remember watching a video, it was like a cell phone footage of people who had stormed the Capitol in the state house, 
praying and they were using God talk, like Jesus talk. Yes. And really, I, I, I don't, you know, it, it was such a flagrant display of people using the name mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. to justify or to advance a kingdom of this world. Yeah. And I hadn't seen that before here. I'd, I'd seen hints of it or, you know, yeah. things that I felt like were distasteful over the years where people use God talk to justify political ends. But this was a, yeah. in, in, in America, at least for me as a citizen, it was, it was, it was very close to home. Yeah. And, and then pastoring through that, you know, helping people f see the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world, yeah. helping people to navigate, you know, not all God talk yes. is good. Well, that's the, one of the insidious sides of it is sometimes Christians will hear the God talk and think, oh, this, right. this is sanctioned by the Trinity, right. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's not, right. it's just these people... In, in some ways, appropriating that God talk mm -hmm. or that prayer yeah. and misappropriating yes. it. Yeah. And so trying to discern how to best pastor and, and do the work of helping people to discern yeah. uh, what they're hearing that as it really, cause now you're now there's no way to not say a political word because yeah. here, here's this Christian nationalism in action. Yes. And I, I remember feeling at the time ill-equipped yeah. to help do that. Yeah. Um, I think since then I've, I've learned a lot from different folks. So this may be the first time the phrase Christian nationalism has been uttered in the last three times that you and oh, I have been recording. Yeah. Do you have a definition for that? Yeah. I, I, the one that I my kind of go-to definition is elevating um, a particular nation, in this case in America, elevating America to a unique God-ordained status. Yeah. Uh, in human history, yeah, um, that there's kind of appropriating the language, um, the, the chosen nation yeah. language that's yeah. given to Israel, and appropriating that to America, that God has some unique divine uh, elevation of America, and that for, therefore that justifies you know certain things with with God's name. Yeah, um, I guess I'm more. I think that's I like that because that that implies then that you can be a Christian in some other country and still be a Christian nationalist. Oh yeah. It's, um, uh, Britain. Yeah. Uh, I think has a history of it. Very, very well defined history yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, I think to some degree in the Lutheran church in Germany yeah. during the rise of the Nazi regime, you saw yep. Christian nationalism Yep. in my opinion, and I'm not a historian, but I am a student of history and especially Christian history. Uh, you dabble. I dabble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an amateur. You dabbler. Uh, all the way to Constantine. I mean, the, the, the Constantinian story is that he has this vision of yeah. the cross yeah. and in this symbol conquer, yeah. which is contrary to the direct teachings of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we don't use the cross to do war. Yeah. Well, and, and back to that, uh, forgive me if I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, one of the things that really helped me in that season was a uh, uh, um, church history book mm. and uh, by Justo Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how that was really polarizing in the church when Rome became a yeah. Christian, yeah, yeah, a Christian yeah. empire yeah. where there were some people who were like all about it yeah. and then other people who were not about it at all mm. and, and wanted to stay separate. And then there were those just kind of caught in the middle going, gay, 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 gay. And it, I felt like, I felt so... I don't know if affirmed is the word, but just, I guess comforted yeah. in going, oh, this, 
this has happened before. Yeah, it's not new. Yeah. I think as an American, um, what often gets referred to as uh, the separation of church and state or the, the establishment clause, like that, that the government will not form a, a religion or a state religion. Yeah. Um, I think that, that that was pushed into me, was formed in me, you know, growing up and, and sure. reaffirmed in me as an adult. And so to watch this retethering of, or this, this Velcroing of a certain brand of Christianity or Christian thought with uh, violence, mm-hmm. uh, that, that was the striking thing. It's not that it's never happened before. I knew it happened before. I just never saw it in my country. Right. You know? Right. And then, yeah, yeah. And then have to lead it, well, and then disciple through. And life. then, and then, frankly, um, believed by people. I'm by some people I'm pastoring, mm-hmm. and and I didn't. I, what do you mean? I, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I remember believed by early that January of 2021, um, saying things like, you know, Jesus' kingdom is a peaceable kingdom, and uh, he we wage war not with flesh and blood, but with powers, principalities, rulers, and authorities, and therefore Christian nationalism is contrary to the teachings of Jesus. And that was met with um, resistance, uh, contrary, but, you know, I thought we were, you know, statements like, but we're a Christian nation, we need to fight. I mean, I had, yeah. and just navigating that with people in our congregation, uh, I just didn't, didn't know what to do really yeah. um, in that, in that moment. Cause I never faced it so flagrantly before. Yeah. Um, but it was clear to me uh, in all of these things, just looking back, I, I, I remember feeling clear about the direction, mm-hmm. the overarching direction, uncertain on how to navigate, how to get there. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I've tried to learn from that season is how, how important it is to lead from your values. Yeah. Right. Not try to lead based on what other people think or the resistance that you're going to get or not get the applause that you're going to get or not get. But in all of these crises moments, uh, really evaluating and reevaluating what are my core values and then leading from there Yeah, because I can't control the outcomes. Yeah, And no matter what decision, regardless of the issue and regardless of the decision, some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. Yeah. Some people are going to be confused by it and some people will be endeared by it. And that's, that is any decision it especially is. in a crisis season. And it didn't matter what decision I made. Somebody was going to be in each of those categories. Yeah. And that's so just the reality. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. And then having, and then needing to have a heart posture then of compassion mm-hmm. for the people who don't yeah. agree. Right. And not get angry or defensive. That's right. That's, that's challenging. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to wrap us up here, Caleb, uh, listener. Um, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. I would say, um, just encourage you, you know, just to consider the, some of those words that, that Caleb just ended with is, is, you know, considering our values, uh, particularly as Jesus followers, if you're listening and you're a follower of Christ, um, I think we are constantly needing to reevaluate, um, where we're at in our culture with things like politics, um, morality, uh, pop culture, like all of those things that we're, we're in this unique spot as people of God, where we're not to completely just give ourselves over to culture, but we're also not to completely withdraw from culture. And so we're to be this, the, what Jesus calls the salt, the seasoning and the light in this culture. And so we do need to, um, I think we do need to be engaged in things like politics, uh, in, in, uh, different social actions and activities, all the things, but, 
under the banner of Christ in a way that he would want us to be and submitting to him as Lord. And so I just encourage you to uh, maybe just take some time and, and take a little bit of inventory in your heart and go, in these areas of your life, are you submitted to Christ? Or are there, there things where you find yourself trying to pull Jesus into that camp rather than Jesus continually drawing you into his with these things? So thanks for listening. I um, encourage you to, if you've not done this, you know, you have your own story and experience when it comes to 2020. Uh, maybe take some time to write it down or maybe you even want to just record it and, and sit down with somebody. It's It's been a really helpful process for me, Caleb just to do this, you know, even if it's just our own personal little diary, mm -hmm. uh, for everyone and no one, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. And I uh, just love the relationship we have with Desert Springs and the friendship you and I have. So yeah, same. Um, uh, cool. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.